Welcome to the latest Pink Podcast in the Pink Elephant Podcast Series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to the key to transitioning from product to production with Gary Case. You need a team, we talked about that. Uh, here's something else that you can think about. You can transition activities, and I've done this, okay? You can transition activities of a process. The cab gets started during the development because that may be a quick win. Gee, why don't we get people together and call a cab meeting and really start talking about these changes to understand the impacts and the risks? Now, great. How many months was it there in your organization where we implemented the cab before we even rolled out a process? Six, eight, something like that? Something. Yeah. So we had actually implemented the cab well in advance before we even rolled out any process because that was a, a win that we wanted to put in place. Well, after you have your cab that is working, remember that's just now under the program and the project, you can transition that cab to production. Someone else is now managing that aspect of it and the program is out of it. So your, your cab can be transitioned out. The other thing that you can transition is like management reporting. You know, you start doing some of the reporting, you already have some baseline things going on, but you can transition reporting as time goes, after you have your framework done, you can report, uh, uh, transition that over. And that would go back to your question around, do you wait the first 60 days or at the end? Well, why don't I get accountability for management reporting, analysis, and trending into the real world where it belongs as soon as I can? So that may be an activity I want to transition towards the front end of your cycle versus the back end of your cycle. You want to go on ahead and start looking at uh, your uh, relationships that you have out there also. And in many larger organizations, you'll find that there's global change managers, as an example, with local change managers. Well, that role, we can start transitioning out of the program, because during the program, they're kind of still working uh, around that area. So again, how soon do you want to transition that out again into the real operation or production environment? So you can take certain activities, uh, you can take certain type of things that are, uh, the program is trying to manage and really get them into production. And this does not, it, there is no one right answer. You have to do the strategy and the plan of what makes sense to your own organization. You want to go on ahead and make sure that there's certain criteria uh, that's being developed for the transition, in other words, uh, one of the things that you want to look at is uh, uh, programs have all kinds of, and projects have all kinds of activities and milestones and deliverables and everything. So what's the criteria to transition over? In other words, is there criteria that someone in the production environment for release acceptance, what's the criteria for release acceptance? Because you may find that you have not completed some activities that are project or program deliverables and that has to be identified. And is the production unit, I'll call it that, are they willing to accept this release, because that's what we're asking them to do, with what we would call in ITEL terms, the known errors, because we have not completed stuff. So we have some known errors, you could refer to that. Before you even can begin, you have to clearly understand what are any of the outstanding risks and issues, okay? Hopefully as good project managers, they are having a risk and issues log that they maintain throughout the entire life cycle. You have to understand what are still the risks that are there, are there mitigation strategies around that, and I like to separate it out, I don't know if it's right or wrong, risks are things that can happen and I want to have a mitigation strategy around it, issues are things that 
have happened and I've better implemented my mitigation strategy. So you have to identify what is still out there for the production environment so that they are aware of what they're getting, okay? Because you don't want to surprise them like sometimes we get surprised when people want us to implement something tonight, okay? Understand what those risks and issues are. You have to have agreement uh, overall and, uh, you know, just not only on the strategy and the plan, but on the risks of what's there. Transition team, again, uh, set up a project schedule. Uh, take a look at how much time is going to be involved in this particular transition. Uh, it could take a period of time that you're going to look for. You have to make sure you create your plan. This is like a mini project, folks. You want to put it down to that. What's the project plan? What's the deliverables? What's the milestones? What's the due dates? And who's responsible for getting things done? You have to have a communication strategy and plan. This goes on forever. Life is about communication, okay? IT would be a lot better if we communicated. And I know most people got into IT because they wanted to deal with a box and not people. Well, reality is we're a people business and we have to communicate. So that doesn't mean it's only at the start of a program or a project. It means that we communicate throughout that and then we continue to communicate during the transition and then after the transition we still communicate. It never stops. Somebody has to own that communication. Our philosophy is as you're designing a process, every time you hit a milestone, there is a review process. The review process is not only at the steering committee program manager level, it should be at the other process owner level also. So when I complete my high level workflows, activity descriptions, understanding touch points, I want to get approval from the other areas there. Okay? So you're going to have maybe five milestones that you're going to look for and have reviews because you don't want to wait until you get it all done to do a review. You want to do it in milestones, so I know. And you do it sequentially because if, you know, my, if I find out that my high-level workflow is bad, I don't want to know that after I've already developed all my procedures attached to the high-level workflow. So you do that in cycles. You also have, you have to be very careful during the, the, the program or project status. You can have other kind of reviews, but are they reviews for feedback that, you know, change it, or are they reviews to socialize what you're doing? You know, like with focus groups, one company we did, we had what we called the walk the walls, where they literally put up in two big ballrooms like this, all their process flows. We were doing four or five at that time. And we had the process owners, we had design team members there, and we invited uh, all of IT to come in. And we had over like 400, 500 people in two locations just come in and walk the floors and look at what the design work had been done. And again, that's a more of a socializing. That wasn't somebody saying, fix this, fix that, do that. You have those discussions, but that's at that milestone level, okay? And then you have to have this also before you do go into production, uh, but that should be minor because you've already done all the steps there. In production, then you do the exact same thing. Part of what you should be doing from a process improvement to continuous improvement is looking at your documentation on a scheduled, planned, and resourced time period. doesn't happen if you don't plan it, resource it, and, and do it. You need to schedule that. Um, so again, you know, you have the approvals of the steering committee and any executive sponsors that you're going to have because they have to play a big part in this. Transition team, again, uh, what I like to talk about is that we have a lot of uh, what we call Archeus authority, uh, responsible, consulted, and informed. It's an authority matrix, whether you know it as Archie, RACI, RASCI, uh, there's all kinds of terminologies around that. 
you need to set up some form of a, an authority matrix for this transition. And again, you're going to find that this is now uh, process roles and operational roles that you may have in there, but listing all the activities that need to be done. So in other words, this is just like a mini project that you're doing for roles and responsibilities for this whole transition. Now, again, depending on the size of your organization, if it's two people who are making all these decisions, you know, you probably don't need an ARCHI card. But in very large global or even complex organizations where it's pretty large, you probably want to have something that's going to help define that. How do we do all the overview, the review, and turnover of the documentation? And oftentimes this isn't even turning over the hard copy documentation. This is all electronic, website, it's already uh, been done. But now that's another thing. Who owns the website? You know, most organizations will put up a website that you have during the program and projects, you know, keep people alerted to what's going on and what's being developed, et cetera. But then you have an ITSM website that you can link off of that has all now your current, accepted, approved, uh, and uh, uh, documents around policies, workflows, procedures, work instructions, et cetera. So, and you have to maintain that. So who owns that after you move into production? It's another activity that needs to be there. Thank you for listening to this week's Pink Podcast. Please join us next week for a new podcast session.